Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to ALRPRA's weekly Blog Talk Radio. ALRPRA Incorporated is a national law practice management agency with offices in DuPage County, Illinois, and Orange County, California. We are a company run by lawyers for lawyers who want the tips, tools, and services to help them spend more time practicing law and less time worrying about the business. We specialize in in-house and subcontracted law practice management services through our two main divisions, pleading drafter and law publicist. Our operations serve the greater suburban regions in and around Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. Our pleading drafter division focuses on court call coverage, contract, and permanent attorney staff placement. Our additional pleading drafter services include file scanning, audits, and all other collateral functions of law firm production and work product. We also have an eBay store to help firms sell gently used office equipment. Our law publicist division focuses on law firm marketing, branding, and image consulting. Public relations is important for law firms, and ALRPRA has direct lines to media outlets. Our event planning options include studio-quality video production, and our monthly communication services include blog, newsletter writing, as well as full social media administration. Although additionally, the law publicist on point is the ALRPRA monthly publication, featuring a variety of articles and resources to help law firms maximize their law practice management systems and grow their firms. Our circulation to thousands of attorneys nationwide offers the opportunity for innovation and for legal professionals to share information and generate new business. We are always looking for great content and advertisers for our Illinois and California editions of the On Point. Today is Thursday, February 12th, and I am your host, Nick Augustine. We are here with our guest, Allie Parmalee, from Sync Creative Group in New Haven, Connecticut, and she is going to talk about social media for business. We broadcast every Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern, which is also 3 p.m. Central and 1 p.m. Pacific time. We have a great show for you this afternoon, and we will open up for callers at the 30-minute mark after we begin. Be sure to email your questions to info at ALRPRA, which again is info at ALRPRA.com, or you can also dial into the show by dialing area code 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. The telephone number again is area code 917-889-9732, press option 1 to be placed in the queue. Today, again, our guest is Allie Parmalee from Think Creative Group. Uh, Allie, how are you doing today? Great. How are you, Nick? Good. Um, when Starting out, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the, your business and, and what you do, uh, you, and then we'll go on to some social media questions. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me today. Um, my company, I'm a co-owner of Think Creative Group. We are in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, we work on off and online branding, um, really focusing on interactive and how to maximize social media with websites and transcend from virtuality into reality. That, now, how, now how, can you talk a little bit more about that from virtuality into reality? What do you mean by sure. that? Sure. Well, a lot of times uh, we find that clients focus solely on offline uh, marketing tactics and advertising, um, or they'll focus only online. And, and we feel that they're really, um, for most clients, there's a benefit for having a cross-platform campaign. So we look at uh, making sure that people's online presences match what they're doing offline as well. Um, too many times they just don't follow consistency from off to online. Hmm. 
When you talk about social media, can you t- tell us a little bit about your background with uh, public relations and then how things transitioned into using social media? Sure, sure. Um, well, as a marketing firm, uh, we're often asked about doing uh, traditional PR, which you know there is a time and place for traditional PR. That is not something that, that we do. However, what we do is we focus on PR 2.0, uh, social media, um, really going for word-of-mouth campaigns, going to the online community, and trying to master that for our clients. Um, in the past, uh, I've worked at traditional PR firms. Uh, I've done the traditional press releases and pitches, trying to get stories picked up, um, and one of the things that we noticed um, a handful of years ago was the trend towards social media and, and the exponential growth that we could potentially offer our clients. So uh, my business partner and I and a few people here, we immersed ourselves in social media to figure out how we can leverage that to really increase brand strength and awareness for our clients and um, have given many, many talks and presentations and lectures on everything from you know, the minutia of how to actually use Facebook for your business to um, what does social media mean for you as a business and how do you maximize it, how do you even engage in it, where do you begin. So um, over the last five-ish years, um, we've really been making sure that social media is a, a major part of most of our clients' um, campaign strategies. Now, do you still do some of the traditional public publicist functions and combine those with social media? Um, when we typically, when we do more traditional public relations functions, we do things like um, press releases, adding them onto websites to help with keywords and search engine optimization. Um, we have a lot of the um, press that we would need to do for our clients is locally and regionally based where we do have the uh, connections with media because ultimately when it comes to PR, um, it, it all comes down to, in my opinion, it comes down to the media connections that you have where you have the ability to call up and say, hey, this is what I've got. Do you have an uh, an opportunity for the story where you're able to do pitches more than just doing press releases and sending them out blindly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll still use some of the traditional tactics, but not necessarily for um, the intention of PR, but more for search engine optimization and, and helping with um, website rankings. Very good. Um, before we get into some of the uh, more detailed questions on social media, I know that when I spoke to you earlier, one of the things that we talked about were some golden rules for social media. And let me first preface that many of our clients are small businesses and law firms, and social media use is newer for many of many of our clients. And now that everyone is aware of Facebook, most people are online, most people have an account. We're aware that some people use their Facebook account often. Some people have their Facebook account because there's an expectation that it's there. Um, but there's a whole variety of, of, of uses. So now that everyone's online and everyone has Facebook, many people are asking, what are these golden rules and what should we be thinking about? You know, what, what do we want to do to not inundate or upset or annoy people who are not using their Facebook account as often as some others? Um, what are some good some rules? Okay. Um, well, first of all, uh, I always say you can't get where you're going if you don't know where you're starting from. So create a strategy. It doesn't have to be anything that has, uh, you know, is a 
bound workbook, uh, but it could be on a napkin, but have a strategy. Know what you want to do. Know how often you're planning on doing it. Give yourself um, parameters. Uh, delegate out to other people in the company so it's not always on one person to do something so that you know that there's some consistency in postings. Um, make sure that you're authentic and transparent. People in the online communities will sniff you out if you are not um, being authentic. Um, be true to your brand. Uh, really, really important. So many times people uh, forget that when the business is online, they're not representing their brand the way that they would on paper or in person. Online is just another avenue of representing your brand. Make sure you're being true to it. Um, make sure you're consistent from site to site, even down to something simple like I use the same exact image, for whether I'm on LinkedIn, whether I'm on Facebook, um, whether I'm on Twitter, wherever it is, I use the same image so that it's easy for people to recognize. Um, Listen first. Make sure, especially if you're brand new in the social media arena, just kind of I, I equate it to um, jumping rope when you're trying to jump in. Just kind of listen and you know rock back and forth a little and get hmm. the pace for it. Um, hmm. Make sure you're posting relevant content. Uh, if you are standing on a soapbox and saying something that matters to you but doesn't matter to your audience, they're really not going to care. So make sure you're uh, posting relevant information. Similarly, make sure you're engaging the audience. Um, you want to make sure that not only is the content relevant, but uh, that you're giving them opportunities to interact with you. Social media, more than anything, is about not having a monologue anymore. It's about having a dialogue, so make it engaging. Um, let's see, what else? I would say that you want to make sure that you're tying all of your social media efforts across your other marketing um, avenues. So if you have a website, make sure that your Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn badges, whatever you're using, YouTube, that they are on your website so people can get to them. Um, if you're using eBlast, make sure you have those badges in the eBlast header or footer somewhere so that you're always cross-promoting. Um, and stop thinking about your campaigns as campaigns and start thinking of them as conversations. I would say those are probably, um, and of course, always we'll talk a little bit more later, I believe, about measuring your progress and results, but it's always right. important to, to make sure that what you're doing is effective. A couple of uh, questions that I know that some of my listeners might have off the top of their heads. When you talk about authenticity and being authentic um, mm -hmm. and staying true to your brand, you know, when, when we're, it's one thing when you're Tony the Tiger and you're selling you know, Frosted Flakes, but it's another when you're, um, you know, marry the marry the intellectual property attorney, um, you know, here in Chicago or, or you know in Westchester County, or um, what the, it's possible that um, some service industry professionals don't really have a clear idea of how their business and offering and services really is a brand and how to stay authentic. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I think that's a really important important point. You. Everything that you're doing um, is your brand. So how down to what your email signature is, to voicemails, to um, your website, you want to make sure that you're being consistent for people. So while it may seem like you may not have your own brand, 
you really have created um, your own parameters for what your brand is. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily 100% right, especially if you're not sure if you have a brand. I would say take some time to make sure that you are putting down uh, what your mission and vision are and turning them into a brand. But um, in general, it, it can even be as simple as the tone, how you normally talk to people. Um, you know, Some of our clients, some have more... Um, conversational, casual relationships where friends go into a medical aesthetic boutique that we work with and they are expecting to be treated like a friend where you know their first names. So when they're posting on Facebook, you know, they look for different uh, some of their fans and will do, speak directly to them so that it always has that same sort of conversational feel and you feel like you're at home with them. So you know, that's one of the ways that you can really look for being consistent for brand. Check your tone and make sure it matches. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it's something that I think many people have done and not really thought of it in terms of branding. Um, and you've no, you'll notice that many people do make an effort to uh, keep consistent with their fonts, you know, sizes and serif or non-serif fonts that they're using in their, not only their marketing, but their documents, their website. So um, it's something that people, I think, often get scared by the concept of branding because they're not sure what it really is, but they're already doing it. So um, and staying authentic and, and keeping true, it uh, seems to me, just to paraphrase, make sure that we understand what you're um, suggesting here is that if someone is looking for you and wants to find your content, um, they'll be able to tell that it's your email or your, you know, a style is going with your product and your services so that it is very relevant to service industry professionals to think about branding. Definitely, definitely. Let's ask, I want to ask a little bit about cost. Um, one of the things that we've heard before is that uh, social media, you know, while is, you know, rather uh, cost effective that it's time, you know, a time uh, and labor cost. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, sure. I mean, most of these, you have to understand when you're getting into social media, which is why we definitely recommend making a plan for yourself, it can be a time suck. And so while it's free to be on Facebook, while it's free to be on Twitter or YouTube, there's obviously going to be costs that go into that. So you need to be comfortable with what you're willing from your marketing budget to put into social media and, and how much of a chunk you're going to allocate there versus, say, direct mail campaigns or radio advertising or whatever works for you. Um, and you have to understand that whether it's your time, that's time away from um, doing client work, or whether you're hiring an intern, uh, which I'll also caution you, be very careful hiring interns to run your social media. We don't necessarily advise that because this is someone who's going to be with your company for a short time period and you're trust entrusting your entire online brand to that person. So we advise against just uh, unless you have a very strict social media policy and writing for them, be very careful of hiring interns to do your social media. Um, but in terms of the cost for it, you know, a lot of our clients um, we're on retainer with, where this is something that we do on a daily basis with them, um, whether it's ghostwriting, whether it's working with them where they send us um, blog posts and we help edit them for them, um, you know, Spell check never seems to work quite as well as people think it does. Um, but you, there is going to be um, some time invested into this, and you need to know uh, exactly how much time and money you're willing to invest, whether it's your own time or whether you're going to hire someone to um, help do everything for you. 
Now, if you are hiring someone to an outsource your social media administration, what what are good things to look for? And you know, from from my example um, with with the lawyers, I, you know, I come out of law, so it's it's easy for me. But for someone else, let's say for our small business division, if someone is selling, um, let's say it's you know, let's say it's a doctor Botox. Mm-hmm. There are, if you look on Craigslist, there are a million people out there who um, have held themselves out as as professional writers and such. Um, what are some good things to look for when navigating the web for someone to help out with social media work? Well, I think it's like uh, I honestly think it's going to be similar to trying to find someone else who's good at something they do. You want to look for people who have a proven track record, who understand what it is. Don't don't be fooled by age. It doesn't matter if someone is 21 or 61 if they are actively blogging or in the social media atmosphere, um, age won't have anything to do with it. You want to look for their qualifications. Is this something that they're um, used to doing? Do they have experience with it? Are you going to be paying for them to get up to speed on it? Or is this something that they know outright? Um, A lot of times why we manage social media for our clients is because we're looking at it as one piece to an overall marketing, marketing campaign that we're offering. So we'll do everything from traditional media buys like TV uh, commercials, radio commercials, um, online advertising. This is one portion. So this is something of a, you know, one avenue that we're offering our clients. But if you're looking to do this on your own, um, I would say there certainly are um, small firms out there who are willing to take on um, social media administration, I would recommend just making sure that you are looking um, at the overall picture of how your social media plan and administration fits into your overall marketing plan. Hmm. Very good information. Now, when you talk about um, you know some of the um, – well, let me just jump ahead because I'm going to ask you about um, – we'll talk about this later, but – the idea of being, you know, you spend X, what are you getting from it? So we'll touch on that later. But first, I just want to um, touch on some other points. Some have suggested that uh, because I'll use Twitter first as an example. Twitter's numbers seemed very high at its first, um, well, not only its first inception, but when it started being used by everyone. Um, additionally, Facebook saw a big surge. And there are always people out there who are saying this is a fad, um, you know, people are going to get burned out on this. People are going to have overpostings. They're going to be annoyed. They're going to dump out of it. They're going to stop doing it. What do you What do you think? What What do we What should we look for in the next decade? Will it still be Facebook? Will it still be Twitter? Are there going to be new platforms? Are things going to combine? Will it be something else? You know, is social media a concept that people should just think about? And then, you know, the vendors are the vendors. It might be Facebook. Maybe someone else. What do you think is going to happen based on some of your research? Um, I would say social media is here to stay. Whether the players stay the same, I doubt it. Um, I mean, think about it. Four years ago, nobody had any idea what Facebook was. Um, But I think that no matter what it is, user-generated content is going to be king moving forward with marketing. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, a few. Um, there's a presentation that I had found on YouTube, which, by the way, YouTube is the second largest search engine now that people go to to find things. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's amazing to me. Um, but I had 
found a great presentation that's posted on our blog um, that I commented on that has some amazing statistics about social media. Um, a couple of the quick facts is are that um, by 2010 now, Generation Y is going to outnumber baby boomers. 96% of Generation Y have joined a social network. Um, Facebook is so big at this point, there are so many users. If it were a country, it would be the fourth largest country in the world, just after China, India, and the U.S. Um, I think it's amazing to me to think about the fact that um, radio took 38 years to reach 50 million viewers. TV took 13 years. Internet took, I believe, about four years. Um, in under nine months, Facebook reached over 100 million viewers. Wow. I mean, it, it's exponential how fast social media is exploding, and I what definitely does that not mean? think it's going away. What does that mean when you say you're reaching of these people? What, what, how, in, in, in English, how, what, do we mean, what do we mean by that? It means that you have the opportunity to be in front of that many people, which is another reason why social media is working for small businesses in so many ways. You don't have to have ginormous budgets like Coca-Cola and Pepsi um, to go out and play Super Bowl ads. You can do be very, very effective with a social media campaign, having your own Facebook page, doing Facebook advertising, doing Google advertising, doing geo-targeted niche online ads, you're getting in front of so many people. What is it now over oh, – I have to find the number of how many uh, users there are for Facebook. But um, it's it, basically social media is changing word of mouth into world of mouth because it's so big. You think that still that it's still is it well? Do you see uh, uh do you have any numbers or have you seen anything um, that talks about product uh, advertising versus service industry or or what types of things people are using Facebook for in small business? Uh, you know, I I don't have numbers at my fingertips right now, but I mean we use Facebook for everyone from an energy and oil company to a medical aesthetic boutique that does Botox and plastic surgery to restaurants to um, obviously we're on there. Um, you know, you have your own niche markets and it's a matter of how you connect with them. You know, it's a great avenue and then you have to figure out how you're going to connect with them. Even something as simple as a, our energy company, we did a Facebook ad that in just a few days we were able to get over 100 new fans for their site by offering a giveaway. You know, you do an ad, link, become a fan. And now we have, you know, grown their fan base um, and what's so beneficial about that is you are able to update people, the fans, through Facebook um, instead of sending, you know, big HTML e-blasts, which still have a, their place and something that we utilize a lot. But if I need to do quick updates, um, for example, the Medical Aesthetic Boutique, big snowstorm here in the east yesterday. We had mm -hmm. an event that we'd been promoting for a month. I was able to send a quick you know, blast out. I did an e-blast out. We did an update to fans to say it's postponed till next Wednesday, and you can do it all within you know seconds instead of having to go through big media channels that cost a lot of money. You know, updating right. fans through Facebook is free. Now, how do they get? Now, let's say a business is they have a contact list for one uh, already, but they're wondering how to get fans. How do they? 
um, who should they be looking for? Do you have any uh, pointers on on accumulating those fans, or you know, was the focus more that someone may find the Facebook page without already being a fan? I suppose there's two ways to you know disseminate your information. Definitely. Uh, I mean, first of all, you always start with what you have. Um, Start making sure that all of your existing clients know that you're on Facebook. Make sure that they know there's a reason to follow you on Facebook, that you're going to offer, you know, depending on what the business is, you know, we'll promote different events with the medical aesthetic boutique, we'll offer discounts or specials come in, we'll let people know. So there's a reason for them to follow because they want to be in the know. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing for a restaurant that we work with. We uh, will have impromptu wine tastings at the bar, so we'll send out updates to all of the fans so they know, you you know, on their way home, great, oh, wow, their zinc is offering a wine tasting. I'm going to go there. Um, so first and foremost, start with your existing clientele. Let them know whether it's through your email signature, whether it's from um, doing an email to them that you're now on Facebook. We'd love for you to be a friend. Um, because how that ends up working is – Facebook people are looking to see the information that you have. A lot of times people will comment on posts. They'll like your posts. Then once they comment or like, you've now reached their entire database where it shows up on their wall that they have commented on something. Then that may grab someone else's attention. Then if they comment on it or like it, now you're in front of their entire um, friend base. So that's where you get the trickle-down effect with uh, Facebook. So by starting off, to answer your question, <laughs> making sure I'm getting back to it, um, make sure that you ask all of your existing clients to become fans. Um, after that, then you want to look at some quick and expensive ads where you can offer something to people, asking them to become a fan. Um, like I said, we just gave away ice scrapers to get people to be fans um, to help grow. So there's a couple different things that you can do, but always start with your own positive word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So with now, what, how, I'm trying to think of uh, ways. How would a law firm want to approach that if they, you know, they don't necessarily have a wine tasting or, um, you know, or products that they're giving away? They're service based. So, what type of a thing would they want to do? Well, it depends on um, what type of law firm. But do they have? Um what sort of information would they want to share? Um, is there an update that they can give uh, people? Um, is If they're ha- hosting an event, um, if they're going to be speaking at a different event, uh, maybe you're going to be at a conference and you want to let people know. I mean, there's different um, messages that you can get out there for people as a law firm, but ultimately it comes down to who your target audience is, what information they're looking to get from you, and then how you can give that to them for free through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um when we were talking of a little when we were talking more about how social media can be used um in a marketing promotion um there are there, oh well, let me back up um I know that many people are very aware on their websites that they are you know they want to put out as much information to the world to get them interested, but they don't want to give away the whole you know all their you know trade secrets or um, you know, you, you want to control how much is out there because I know that many people's competitors are often uh, scoping out what everyone else is doing on Facebook. Um, is there such a thing as too much information or or what what, what should be some guideposts um, well, for businesses? Def- uh, of course, you have to be careful of that. But, you know, a, a great 
thing for um, a great idea for a lawyer to do would be to find topical information for the industry that would be of um, interest to the audience and comment on that. So you're not necessarily giving away trade secrets. I do that all the time. I find a great bl uh, blog post and I'll um, I'll repost that or I'll comment on it and link to that. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you are giving away your own trade secrets, but think of it more as helping to establish you as an expert. You know, it's just another avenue with PR of saying by you constantly being in front of people showing that you know what's going on. You know, I found a great article on SEO that I tweeted and put on Facebook today. Um, by that, it's just saying, hey, this is something that's topical. I think it's really important. I think it's important enough to post it for you to see. That's a great way for lawyers to um, not give away their own trade secrets, but also give pertinent information for people. When you, uh, when you mention SEO, uh, it reminds me of sort of this battle um, that I see going on, and it reminds me of the cell phone kiosks in the mall where you couldn't walk down you know, more than five feet without one of the cell phone guys grabbing you and saying, hey, come to AT&T, come to Sprint, come here. Um, there seems to be a similar battle going on with SEO versus SEM, um, SEM being search engine marketing and the pay-per-click. Um, mm -hmm. Some, you know, a lot of a lot of vendors right now are offering you know different packages, and some people seem to think that a lot of the search engine marketing is the mystery in a black box, and they're not quite sure and you know what they're getting. A lot of people would like to see some tangible uh, what they're buying. You know, when you buy a phone book ad, you can see the phone book ad. You know that it's distributed to uh, you know so many people. Um, and so I guess some of the concern that we've heard from our clients is that if they're, you know, you're marking a budget of X per month for pay-per-click advertising, aren't they just going to get outbid by a big law firm in the city who can, you know, offer, you know, is going to offer more per click at different times? You know, what what are some of the you know, thoughts on the SEO versus SEM? Well, I mean, that, that's always going to be an issue when you're bidding on, um, on clicks. But ultimately, I, I always look at that as making sure that we are geo-targeting as much as possible. What I mean by that for people who haven't done geo-targeted ads are you have the opportunity to say, I'm looking for males or females. I'm looking for people at X age, 27, 35. I'm looking for people who are college grads. Um, I'm looking for people who live in these zip codes. Um, I, I Even with Facebook ads, you can do keywords. You can say, um, I want people who are interested in health and um, beauty and fitness, uh, whatever it is, where we're looking at drilling down from a pool when we start out with our, the ads that we're placing, it starts at 600,000 people it can reach. Ultimately, I prefer it when I get my geo-targeted ads down to you know, 25,000 people that I'm potentially in front of because I know that they're that much more qualified. And, and bidding for them um, gives me a greater chance against some of the larger firms because I'm specifically calling out that I want these people. So um, it sounds like it sounds like the advantage is that you know exactly who you want to, you know, put your ad in front of, which is something that when you can control that, it seems like that's a really advantageous place to be. Exactly. I mean, think about the ads that come up when you're on Facebook or Google. How do they know? I'm always they wondering, <laughs> how do they know that, that I'm interested in this? <laughs> they know. But, but they find us. 
Exactly. Now, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is uh, the amount and volume of people uh, online these days. Who is it? How old are they? Why are they online? How often are they online? You know, what what have you been seeing? Um, well, I would say um, everybody is online pretty much. Three out of four Americans use social technology. You'd be very, very surprised. I'd written an article for a nonprofit magazine, actually, that um, – took some statistics from uh, Pew that were basically showing um, the, let's see, what is the U.S. Internet users by age. Um, And it was the increase between 2005 and 2008. So um, most people we talk to say, oh, nobody over 50 is online. Well, from 50 to 59 years old, between 2005 and 2008, it increased up to 71% of uh, that bracket is online. 60 to 64 years old increased from 55% to 62%. Um, Even 70 to 74% increased from 26% to 45%. So, um, and 35 years and older is the largest growing demographic on Facebook right now. So, and it's the thing that's the thing that's interesting too is that um, as younger generations who are used to technology, are I think that a lot of people are embracing things. Um, and I've seen a lot of young attorneys, especially um, adept at, uh, you know, even teaching me things. And I think I keep up with what's going on. But I have, I have one client who reads Wired magazine and is always beta testing uh, this this product or that product. And you know, he's very aware and he's he's using um, most of this. And I think that it, it, the, what I've seemed to be uh, seeing is that once people sense that it's a custom and normal to be using social networks and social media that they get over this idea that, oh, it's just for college kids, um, that people start really paying attention. Definitely. I mean, think about the fact that there are 3 million tweets per day. Um, There are 8 billion minutes spent a day on Facebook, and the average user spends 5 hours and 46 minutes on Facebook a day. Well, Five what hours it, and 46 minutes. On Facebook, like logged yep. on or actively? Log, active users. The average user spends five hours and 46 minutes on Facebook a day. So we could, either say that, we could either say that that is killing our productivity or we could say that that's really <laughs> boosting our marketing. Well, it's, it's so interesting because one of the things that we say all the time when we talk to clients and we say, look, we're, we're not a B2C company. We're not a B2E company. We're a B2E. We, we don't do B2B or B2C. It's B2E, business to everyone, because you are constantly being marketed to. With being on Facebook nowadays, you know, I'm jumping back and forth between monitoring my clients' campaigns to getting friend requests and, you know, for that two seconds it takes me to accept that, then I see an ad, and you're constantly being marketed to. It's all the time everywhere around you. But if it's there, you should take advantage. (laughs) Right, it's there. Here's a question about some friend requests, because there's been a variety of of a thought out there. Um, people are get, again because you know we know that we can upload our, our contact list or our emails or what you know. Facebook will find people that it suggests we should connect to, um, mm-hmm. and you know I'll I'll have friend requests and I might not I might know the person I've met them at a networking event. Um, I might not know them. I might see that they have uh, several other friends on there, um, but I also know that they might be a fake person. It might be a bot. It might be, you know, so it's, you know, I'm always kind of like nervous um, when it's someone that's completely unknown to me, whether they're fishing my um, mm-hmm. page for information and then marketing things to me. I often wonder when I get these strange emails from, um, you know, some um, 
some other country where someone's trying to do this or that, and you know, I thought, hmm, I wasn't getting these emails before, and now I am. Um, what about friend requests? You know, who is a friend? What's a friend? What is a friend? Well, I, I'm I'm a little bit more traditional with who I accept as my friends. I honestly will not accept friends unless I have um, common people uh, or people in common. Um, if I see that I have you know two users or two friends in common, then I'll look at them and, and see if I can place who the person is. Um, but in general, unless I recall someone from a, a talk that I've given or that I've met them through business or that they're someone I went to school with, um, I actually will decline becoming friends. And if they are persistent, and I, I have actually done it where I've had someone who is persi- persistent, I declined them twice, and then they asked again, and I finally just emailed and said, I'm sorry, I don't remember who you are. How do I know you? And then they left me alone after that. Mm-hmm. But I, I find being upfront uh, more. I'll I'll just if I don't know people, I decline them. Right. Um, what are your rules of thought when you're telling uh, clients when they want to build their friend list? Let's say that they've got a list of contacts that they're not sure if the person remembers them. So what what to do when they're yeah, trying yeah. to build? How to, yeah, how to approach that situation? You know, they, let's say they have. Um, you know, Bob's card, and they met Bob at an event, but they doubt Bob's going to, you know, we always say that. that oh, well, I met them, but I doubt they really know me or oh, remember. Then just make sure you send it with a message. I enjoyed seeing you talk on XYZ at, you know, the, whichever event it was. You have the opportunity to send a message with it as well. So you're definitely um, more apt to have people uh, remember, recall who you are and accept the friend request if you give them some sort of inkling of how they know you. Here's another question about friends in quality and quantity. Um, let me just first say, you know, Facebook and Twitter being two different things. My friend Sarah Evans um, was just in Vanity Fair for being one of America's tweethearts with 34,000, <laughs> you know, Twitter followers. Um, you know, it's a lot. And I also look at, you know, Facebook. Some people have, some people tell that they have, um, you know, 2,500 friends on their Facebook. Now, you know, if they're posting something, they have a little more leverage to, you know, disseminate a message. But if they also have 24,000 or 2,500 friends, they may be hidden on many people's walls if they're posting a lot of things. So, um, is you know, what do you think about you know, quantity over quality, you know? Well, I I always opt more for quality, but I think that's where when you start off asking people who are already your clients to become fans, you're starting off with quality, and then you want to work on building your quantity. But I would start mm-hmm. with quality first and then try to build up quantity. So uh, so that would you, if you decide you want to you know, go through, do you suggest people go through and filter their fan, um, their friend base every now and then, or do you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, it's always good to purge. Uh, one thing I will say be, that we hadn't touched on yet, but um, – especially with Facebook, please be careful that if you have a business page and a personal page um, that you are keeping them separate and representing yourself properly. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that is very, very important that people often forget um, from what photos they allow people to see to um, how they're – because you don't necessarily want to see Bob in his – um, shorts at a barbecue, and that's coming up for um, when you're looking for legal advice. Um, <laughs> so you want to be careful that you're not commingling personal with professional. Um, but uh, let's see. 
Um, I would say that that's, I just all of a sudden realized we hadn't talked about that, so I wanted to make sure I got that in there for you. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, but in terms of making sure um, that you are actually going um, to to get the quality, the quantity of friends, if is that the question that we were on, I'm sorry, I got yeah. distracted by uh, my sidebar there. Um, let's see, where were we? Um yeah, I think that you've uh, pretty much summed up that, um, you know, that it's good to kind of, you know, keep an eye on, you know, who the friends are and what, you know, because, um, it, I don't know, I, I think a lot of people are sensitive to having their information um, purged. Oh, we were also talking about having the separation between a, a fan page and a personal Facebook page. Yep, um, yep. And that's, you know, it's another thing that's nice. Um, well, it, it correct that a fan page, you can have your settings so that anyone who finds you online can click and become a fan. You don't have to respond to a request. Um, exactly. You know, and that separates, you know, your your children maybe are on your fan mm-hmm. personal fan page. You want to keep a separation between professional and, and uh, personal. Facebook is very good about giving you lots of opportunities to set the specific permissions that you'd like, and even their support area is very good at walking you through. So don't be afraid to just sort of uh, roll up your sleeves and look around the support area to to make sure that you're getting your permissions right. And and they are constantly changing things, moving things around. Even just today, um, you know, I I realized that I wasn't seeing as many um, feeds uh, in my live feed. I wasn't seeing as many posts. So actually, that's something that I just had to discovered if you go all the way to the bottom on your Facebook page now for your live feed there's an edit options and right now it was set to 50 or or 25 um, people that you could see posts from just put that up to 5,000 and you should be able to see all of your people's live feed posts but I didn't see all my people I know I'm getting like some people who like directly comment and write on my wall I'm getting Mm -hmm. them but not everybody else so exactly um, well that's where you do it Yeah. All right. Well, let's get uh, being mindful of time. I wanted to jump ahead to ROI and ROE. Um, sure. I, I call, you know, most people with background in business know return, ROI is return on investment. There's also ROE, which I call return on effort. Some people call it return on engagement. But the bottom line is when my clients are asking me, what, um, you know, how do I know this is working? If I spend X dollars a month on social media administration as part of my overall plan, how do I know, you know, what it's going to, is there, are there numbers? Can I see, um, you know, what are some options? Well, I think one of the important things to remember is that social media is difficult to measure because it's, it's a non-financial impact that you're measuring. It's branding that you're working on. It's brand building, brand awareness. You know, when you're measuring social media, you're looking at things like website visitors, blog comments, YouTube views, positive word of mouth, even negative word of mouth, overall impressions, social mentions, how many friends are following you, how many fans you have, uh, how many Twitter followers followers you have. Um, so it, it's more of a non-financial impact. But what we typically do is we recommend uh, establishing a baseline for your company sales. So when you're starting your social media campaign, what are your numbers? What are you starting at? Um, what are your sales? Um, so that you have a baseline. Then what we recommend doing is create an activity timeline that you can track where you can see you know, weekly what are the different things that you've done, whether it's um, you know, you've done blog posts, you've done you know, Facebook posting, you've uh, been doing e-blast campaigns, so that you can then take that and really overlay that to say, 
wow, overall, my sales have increased since, so you can look and see what the delta is from when you started to your overall impressions, to your overall sales, to your net new customers, the number of transactions that you're having. Um, because so much of social media is brand awareness, it, it is more difficult to feel like you're getting a tangible return on investment. But, but that's how we recommend doing it. When, when you look at uh, social media in terms of a campaign, um, knowing that there are you know, several other you know, offline and online options, um, how, much, how much effort do you, you, know, do you have? Is there, is there any good rule of thumb, you know, a third, um, you know, a fifth of your budget? Uh, honestly, we don't – no, not the way that we do it because we customize it so much for our clients. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, it, it depends. We can l- always look and see what people in the industry are doing. Um, but, I mean, you'd be surprised just what you can do um, for different niches. For Even we're working with a classic Christian homeschooling uh, company now. If, if you look at them compared to our medical aesthetic boutique, very different industries, but there's no yeah, yeah. strong – applications for both to be using social media. And so for us to say, oh, always make sure that you're doing one-third of this, you know, it, it depends on uh, because we're such a strategy-based company, we like to look at what are your company's goals, how are we going to get you there, what are our objectives going to be, and what are the tactics going to be that we're going to do to get you there. But we don't usually go by a formula for it. Mm-hmm. So then so um, then uh, answer my next question. You sound, I think you answered it already. So uh, my question being, how long should it take? Uh, what are some of the stages to um, the social media promotion? It really just sounds like it depends on what their yeah. strategy is. Yeah. It all depends on what your strategy is, how much uh, you're willing to put into it. Because, you know, if, if you have some lofty goals, then you need to be willing to put in, you know, the elbow grease and the dollars behind it to whether it's you or whether you're hiring someone to be your social media manager. Um, it, it's all going to depend on what your goals are, what your time frame is that you're putting on it, because we can all make things happen. It just depends on how much we're willing to put behind it. Right, and and the, the you know another thing that's interesting, um, Mike. Let's say for you know a lot of our clients being law firms, um, one of the things that I tell people is, someone who's receiving a communication from you may print it, put it in a separate file that is their file of, okay, that's the attorney that I'm going to call when I need that. I mean, it's different from, um, you know, a product or service that people, as a, you know, a consumer uh, item that they would, you know, normally want to go out and, and just purchase because someone could say, oh, I like this law firm. Uh, they look they look wonderful. I'd really hire them. But, uh, you know, unless they're, you know, in a current need where they need a lawyer, um, mm-hmm. you know. So then, you know, so people have suggested that, well, how, do, how are they going to remember down the road, you know, and all this. Mm-hmm. So, well, know. that's why I think social media is a perfect avenue for lawyers because ultimately I feel like one of the best things that lawyers can do with social media would mm-hmm. be to establish long-term relationships with people and also be establishing themselves as experts by whether they're blogging and then posting their blog posts to Facebook or tweeting, you know, their blog posts. Um, the more that they are putting themselves out there to share their knowledge, um, doesn't have to be proprietary knowledge. It just has to be knowledge in general that is useful to people. That's that's top of mind awareness that you're you're building, so that people are constantly remembering you and they're not just filing filing you away in a drawer. Hmm. Well, getting into um, you know getting into the brain, I suppose it's I forget with um, you know some of the marketing courses they talk about you know 
how seven to ten touches or you know the amount of contact over repetition of time um that's it that's really seems to be where social media seems to be a good benefit for people definitely definitely do you have any other uh comments or thoughts on search engine optimization or uh, any of the other i suppose i'd call them collateral advantages to uh social media whether it be seo or the availability for people to find you. I mean, I know if they, someone searches my name, uh, my Facebook page comes up, you know, quicker than, um, you know, the company comes up. <laughs> well, I mean, just think, just keep in mind when you're using social media that they're, the real world applications for your business are, you know, you can be doing everything from increasing your network and uh, generating leads to building relationships. Um, you're, like I said, you're looking at top of mind awareness. It's it's PR. You're establishing yourself as an expert. Um, you're able to target distinct markets. Um, and just like your competitors may be keeping tabs on you, it's a great way for you to keep tabs on your competitors too, see what they're doing. Um, you can help drive traffic to your website, and, and as we'd mentioned, it's it's also a good opportunity for SEO because you are going to be um, crawled and pulled up that much more by being active in social media. Hmm. Are there some social media outlets that are stronger for SEO than others that you know of? Um, not off the top of my head, but I believe that it gets back more into the actual um, the amount that you are using social media that is going to help you um, just by being in a lot of different places. I mean, we keep Google alerts on ourselves and um, and our clients, and just from different Facebook posts that come up, I get Google alerts um, when our clients' names are in, in those. So the more that you're out there, that's kind of where quality uh, quantity comes in more than quality. That's just going to help your SEO. My last question is about Google Alerts and Google generally. Um, not everyone, Google is always coming out with new and innovative options. Um, mm -hmm. Can you talk just a little bit about Google Alerts and then um, a little bit about Google um, you know, as a company? Because a lot of people that I've talked to, um, you know, and I'm not necessarily plugging or endorsing Google, but I use a lot of Google's features. And many people have have asked me whether it's imperative for them to be on Google because it seems like they control so much of the market with the search engines. I would say Google probably is going to rule the world someday. <laughs> seems like they're always coming out with new things. The Google Labs is insane with what they're working on. Um, you know, just it's a great company overall. The, hmm. Their people love them. Um, all their employees love them. But you know, I think what I love about Google is they really look for problems to solve for people and that's why their Google Labs is so great because not only are they solving problems trying to make people's lives easier but then they also know how to tie it in and, and make it work for advertisers and marketers too. Um, Google Alerts I think is heaven sent. We use it for all of our clients instead of using media clipping services, I have Google Alerts for a wide variety of clients from the company name to individuals' names within the company so that I'm emailed daily, whether it's uh, in the news, on websites, in blogs, that I'm notified when any of those keywords come up. I get those emails every day. Um, and it's free. And I, it's one of the top things that you can do just to see that you have to know what's being said about you. So if you don't have a Google Alert set for your own personal name and your company name, do it today. That way you know what's happening. The other one, Google Analytics. Uh, yes. 
completely free um, and you just need someone to tie it into your website, I live on Google Analytics. I love it. I love being able to see um, – this gets back into that ROI that we were talking about. I love to be able to see where the referring traffic comes from so that if we have clients on TV shows, um, if we do an e-blast, if we are paying for advertising through an e-blast or a website, we're able to see how many people are coming from where, how long they're staying on the site, um, how many different pages they're going to. You can do the overlay where you can actually see from page to page what are the hot sections on the page that people are clicking on. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, it's just, uh, you know, that it ties right back in then to the, the cost effectiveness. You know, many of these off, you know, services and programs are free, but there are labor and man hours because someone's going to have to look at those Google Alerts. Someone's going to yep. have to look and analyze the Google Analytics and just make decisions. So then we get right back into you know our discussion about the uh, you know the cost factors. So um, again, it just sounds like something that people need to uh, determine based on their strategies and their plans. Definitely, uh, and and it's something that they can uh, try to do on their own, or they can they can partner up with someone because uh, what we do for our clients is we have a lot of long-term relationships where, you know, it's second nature for us. We, I come in and I look at stats every day and I see where we need to tweak things, when we need to move things. Um, you know, if some, we're getting great hits from a specific ad that we're running, um, I'm able to let my clients know immediately, hey, this isn't working, we need to change this, or hey, this is working, this is great. So you don't always have to feel like you're doing it alone either. Try to find a good relationship uh, with a firm to potentially help. You don't always have to be a big client to do things. You can be small clients. Everybody likes to help everybody, and um, don't worry about if you're too small to, to work with agencies, too, because a lot of times um, agencies are looking for long-term relationships, too. Certainly. Um, that's really all the questions I had. Did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss that I didn't uh, bring up at all? No, I think we covered everything. That's social media in an hour. There you go. Um, <laughs> before before we sign off, would you like to uh, uh, tell our listeners a little bit more about Think Creative Group? Uh, sure. Well, I um, think Creative Group has been around since um, 2000. Gosh, how long has it been now? 2004. Um, we work primarily with nonprofits, uh, travel, entertainment, tourism companies, um, and. What else can I say? I feel like I've given everybody quite a lot of information about us over the last hour uh, just through some of our different clients. But um, we are uh, a nice casual group where we have two office dogs who come in every day. Um, <laughs> so we, it was actually amazing that we didn't have barking during any of the interview. <laughs> um, they must have given them a pile of bones out there. Um but but really, we're about strategy. We're about looking at what your goals are, um, how we can get you there um, using offline and online, and making sure that we're measuring that for you to uh, be able to constantly tweak and adjust. Um, but ultimately, we're about making sure we're hitting our goals for our clients. Always Excellent. comes back to strategy. How, and uh, now how, do, how do our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, you're, in, you're in New Haven, Connecticut, so East Coasters, pay attention. Um, how do you get a how do you get a hold of Think Creative? Oh, well, you can always go to our website thinkcreativegroup.com, or you can go to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com/thinkcreativegroup, 
all one word. Um, you're always welcome to email me, ali, A-L-I, at thinkcreativegroup.com. And our phone number is 203-777-2800. All right. Well, Ali, thanks so much for being our guest today. Uh, I really appreciate uh, much of the information that you shared with us. Um, we look forward to if, when, if and when there are uh, updates. Um, we'll have you have you on again as a guest sometime in the future. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. If people are interested in more information too on social media, you can get our links to our blog from any of the uh, Facebook or website that I mentioned and um, stay in the loop on it. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful. All right. Thank you, Allie. Thank you also to our listeners uh, for tuning in to learn more about social media for business. Uh, again, ALR PRA Incorporated's mission is to provide solutions, allowing you to spend more time practicing law and less time managing the business of it. Our mission's underlying values are transparency, flexibility, and humility. We are a full-service law practice management agency available nationwide when quality matters to your production and promotion. Thanks again, everyone. Tune in next week, by the way. Uh, next week is, I don't have, I apologize, I don't have a schedule in front of me. Um, but we will be back here every Thursday at uh, 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Thanks again to Ali Parmalee of Think Creative Group in New Haven, Connecticut. And everyone have a great day. Thanks. <laughs>